0: be our text, 26th chapter, the book of Acts, and we'll be looking at verses 16 through 22, Acts 26, verse 16 through verse number 22, just to kind of give you background, um, if you haven't. Been with us as we've been looking at the 26th chapter of the book of Acts. Paul has now come before King Agrippa to give his testimony and two weeks ago I spoke to you upon the subject of Paul thinking himself happy or that word happy there being blessed. He's blessed to be able to have the opportunity to be able to speak to King Agrippa. Of course he could have thought a lot of different ways a lot of different things being in prison for two years um, this man thinks himself blessed to be able to speak before the king and to have had the opportunity to be able to testify unto both small and great the things of God. And, and um, Agrippa gives him the opportunity to, to speak for himself. And we talked about that last week a little bit. Um, you being in the courtroom, you don't really have, and I use this analogy, you put your hand on the Bible and they say, do you swear to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And a lot of times you don't get to speak the whole truth. And that being another reason why Paul thought himself happy to be able to speak the whole truth. Here I'm not just answering for myself. I'm not just giving um, an answer to the cross-examination or examination that's being made of um, why I've been accused. But I'm able to speak freely uh, for myself. And um, Paul really here is giving an account of his conversion. And he's done this before on two other occasions as we've been going through the book of Acts. And here we find it again. And, and so you, you have to ask yourself as you're sitting there, or I have to ask myself, I'm sitting here preparing, here's the third time we've encountered, though not the same words are used in each account, we've encountered this event in Paul's life for the third time. You know, what, what more is here for us to draw uh, from that the Lord will have it to say unto us when He's given it to us for a third time. Um, so that's, that's one of the things you have to think about, or at least I was thinking about as we were looking at this. But Paul here is, is recounting before Agrippa the light that shone from heaven round about him and all that traveled with him and caused them to be brought onto their faces in the dust before God before the Lord Jesus Christ. and um, Jim was talking to me this morning and we were kind of talking about the election and uh, um, this was, came to my mind. Um, surely we, we live in a place that... I, I'd not rather live anywhere else, to be honest with you. I don't, you, you could show me all the different economies and, and the, the things that are uh, probably the pros for... This country or that country, I, I'm, I'm glad the Lord caused me to be born here. He could have caused me to be born somewhere else. I could have been born a different color. Uh, I could have had slanted eyes. You know, I, I could have been born to different parents. I'm I'm glad that I was born where um, I I am. But um, I was I was telling Jim that you know this this nation has been great, probably still is the greatest. Power, um, you know, upon the face of the earth. But we need to be careful, you know, with that. David slew Goliath, you know. Um, but perhaps before this nation would become um, and get a right perspective again, and and the Lord, Jim mentioned cleansing the temple. Maybe the Lord's going to cleanse the temple. I don't know. Um, he may give us a man to rule over us that we wouldn't choose. To uh, bring us to a place where we would um, pray as we ought to. Seek the Lord as we should. I don't I don't know. Cause us even on the other end of the spectrum to be a brighter light. Uh, certainly those Christians that died in the Colosseum when Rome uh, was the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Those people shone. Their light shone brightly. They were willing to. Rather than to to uh, to recant, martyrs have been uh, willing. Rather than to recant and deny the Lord, they they spilled their blood as a testimony, and that had to be a life unto some. And um, certainly, that might have even been something that came to the Apostle Paul's mind, uh, having done the things he did as Saul of Tarsus. Uh, to these people, their faith. It's kind of like JD was mentioning to us this morning about this Syro-Phoenician woman and her faith. I mean, what would you say to the Lord if the Lord said, I don't have anything for you? And that's essentially what he said. My bread's for children. It's, it's for the children of Israel. It's not for uh, the, uh, the Gentile dogs. And she said, Yeah, but Lord, even uh, you're right. You're right. The children's bread is for children. But, um, and I'm regarded as a dog in society, as a Gentile dog. I'm, I shouldn't receive any help from you. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. You know, that was the thing Lazarus wanted from the rich man. He just wanted the crumbs. Said, give me the scraps. You know, I'm not asking that you set me at your table and, and feed me there, you know, like David did Mephibosheth. But I'm just asking that, you know, just bring me the scraps that you would give to the dogs. You know, that, that's enough for me. And that's what this lady was saying. I hope I have a crumb for you this morning. I don't know. I stand up here a lot of times, and I told uh, J.D. and and, and Mike both uh, recently, there was a Wednesday, a couple of Wednesdays ago, I felt like I was standing there by myself, you know, like I had a crumb even. But um, that's not how we want to to come. It's not how I want to come here. I want to be able to come in boldness and confidence that that there is something that the Lord has given me for you. And... um, I trust that's the case this morning. But that's it's kind of a little of a background uh, the light that at midday, even of all times of the day that God could have brought this light from heaven, He chose to do it at midday when the sun was the brightest, where somebody couldn't say, Oh, that was just the noonday sun. Um, or that was some other light at night, maybe. But it was at noonday, and it was a light brighter than the, the brightness of the sun that shone round about Him and those that journeyed with Him. And they fell to the earth. In verse number 14, Paul asks the question, Who art thou, Lord? And he says unto him, I am Jesus. What a revelation that was. This is the man that he's persecuting the church and and persecuting those who believe upon him as being the Christ. I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. In verse number 16, where we begin our text this morning to read, he says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. So why did the Lord appear unto Paul? In this manner. he says right here. Verse number 16. I've appeared unto thee for this purpose. Now I want you to make an application in your life. Why has the Lord appeared unto you? I've appeared unto thee for this purpose. To make thee a minister and a witness. Both of the things or these things which thou hast seen. And of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. I think it's in. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul talks about being caught up into the third heaven. You know, he, he says, I know, I knew a man about 14 years ago. And in that, in that passage there, he talks about coming to visions and seeing even greater uh, visions. And so here we see this the Lord saying unto him, Things that I shall appear unto thee. There'll be more visions that God's going to give Paul, more ways he's going to reveal himself unto him. And he says, I made thee a minister and a witness of these things and those things, which I shall appear unto thee. Verse number 17, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles you remember there came a place where Paul said you know you're not going to receive with the words that I have for you and he shook the dust off of his feet and he says lo I turn unto the Gentiles he says then to the Gentiles there in verse number 20 that they should repent why should the Jews get mad that, that Paul would go and tell the Gentiles they should repent it's because they were dogs that that J.D. was talking about, they regarded the Gentiles as dogs. they didn't even think they deserved the crumbs. They were like the rich man sitting at his table eating sumptuously, faring sumptuously sumptuously, blah, sumptuously every day, and wouldn't give a crumb to Lazarus, that poor beggar outside of his gates with sores all over his body, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Verse 21 says, For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Of course, the following, which there, I just said I was going to read through verse 22, but I meant to say verse 23. Verse 24 is where Festus says, Paul, much learning has made you mad. I guess, seeing that Festus says that there, it's upon the heels of Christ raising from the dead. Him suffering and rising from the dead. Um, You remember, later on, or even before, Paul counts himself happy to, to, uh, to speak before King Agrippa because he knew that King Agrippa was an expert in all customs and questions, verse number 3, which are among the Jews. And then he goes on further down and he says in verse number 8, Why should it be thought an incredible thing with you that God should raise the dead? Apparently it was an incredible thing to Festus. But um, I want to speak to you this morning... Taking for my title uh, from verse number 19, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. I want to speak to you this morning upon that topic about not being disobedient unto the light that we have been given, um, keeping in mind that which the Lord says unto Paul in verse number 16, that it was for this purpose that he appeared unto him to make him a minister and a witness both of these things which he has seen and of those things which he shall see. So it's, it's not just for ministers, but this is for all of us as uh, witnesses of the things that God has said and shown unto us to um, show unto others, delivering uh, them, like verse number 18 says, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's the object of this witness that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in Christ so let's once again go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to help us this morning Father we thank you already for the word that you've given us Father we thank you for crumbs Father a crumb for us is is much of the time more than Father we can can um, comprehend that we can, can digest it takes us Father, much uh, to be able to just uh, digest that crumb, Father. And we know if you were to just to give us a crumb this morning, Father, it'd be more. If you were to open this text unto us in its fullness, if you would open this text, Father, unto us in and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ before us as as you did appear unto to Paul in that manner, in that light that shone from heaven, Father. It'd be more than we could contain, Father. We would we would just uh, have difficulty wrapping our minds around it except you come in your spirit and and manifest yourself unto us and speak unto us father we'll not even have that and and that even that crumb that we've spoken of already today father we just ask that you would ask that you would speak ask that you would manifest ask that you would magnify the name of the lord jesus christ before us ask that you would open your word unto us and that you would father come into our midst and speak That is our desire and our prayer this morning, Father. We don't want to to just, Father, read Your Word and and just see the words there on the printed page and be able to understand them because they're written in English. But we want Your Spirit to come. We want the power of God to come. And, Father, to come to bear upon us this morning in our lives where we are. Father, where You find us this morning, Father, and speak unto us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So last we left off with verse number 16 here and the Lord telling Paul why it was that he had appeared unto him. And why that is. We kind of ended with this last week that we are to bear witness of the light as Paul is here bearing witness of the light. And what is that light? Well, the light certainly chiefly, foremostly is... Christ. But our Lord even goes further to define what it is that we're to be a witness of and it is those things of Christ because He is the light. It is those things of Christ that He has manifested unto us. You can't speak to people about things that you don't know. I can't speak to you this morning about things that I don't know. I wouldn't be able to speak to you this morning things that I have been shown People ask me, well, how long have you been there preaching at the church? And I always have to look at Rebecca as close as I can get and say, well, how old are you, Reckon? You're you know, 13 years old. And say, that's how long you know, that I've been. I couldn't speak to you 13 years ago the things that God has shown me in the 13 years. I could only speak to you 13 years ago what the Lord had shown me at that time. That's all Paul could speak of when the Lord revealed himself unto him at that time on the Damascus Road. But there have been things since that God has shown unto him that Paul can speak of. And that was the thing the Lord was saying. The things you have seen, that you have been a witness of, and things that I will reveal unto you, I will show unto you, I will appear unto you in. So we can't speak of things that we don't know, but we can speak of the things that we do know. And we are to be a, a witness of the light as we understand the light and as we see the light. Now I can't explain to you how that electricity travels off of that line out there down into that breaker box that's on this end of the building over here and comes through these wires and Brother Dean in the mornings flips that switch and and, and they come on. You know, I don't understand how all that works. I know that I can flip that switch and that there's light. I understand that much. I can tell you, hey, it's dark in here. Go over there and turn the light on. I can tell you that much. But we can only bear witness of what we know and what we've been taught as the truth is in Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ. What He's shown us of Himself, we can reveal unto others. We can be a light unto others in those things. The Lord said in John 9, in verse number 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But He told us That he's called us to be light. While he was in the world, he was the light. Now he's called us to be the light. We are to be light in the world. And J.D. read that verse, said he couldn't be hid, And he asked us the question, can you be hidden? Well, in Matthew chapter 5, what are we told? You are the light of the world. A city, what? That's set upon a hill that, what? Cannot be hidden. Cannot be hidden. Christ in you cannot be hidden. I mean, if you are a child of God, J.D.'s going to act, act a certain way. He's going to do a certain thing. Now, David tried to, to disguise himself. You know, he let the spittle fall down upon his beard and he acted, you know, mad and tried to disguise himself because there he was in the midst of the Philistine uh, camp. They discovered who he was, though, didn't they? He could not himself. They discovered, oh, this is King David. Oh, this is David that slew Goliath, our champion. How it was that, that, they, didn't, that they didn't slay him it was only the grace of God. It's like we read of right here, isn't it? He says, I'm going to deliver you, in verse number 17, from the people and from the Gentiles in whom I now send thee. It's yeah, the only reason David was delivered from that foolishness of his and, and, uh, and going into the Gentile or the, into the Philistine uh, camp but the Lord says unto him you know, I'm going to be with you and he testifies of this to Agrippa he says um, in verse 22 having therefore obtained help of God that's what David obtained in that place I continue unto this day witnessing both the small and great saying none other things than those things which the prophets and Moses did say should come so he's called you and me to be light. And this isn't just something that we have here that's just for preachers. This is something that's for all of us. We're all called to be light. You are the light of the world. city set up on a hill, Matthew chapter five, that cannot be hidden. You're, you're the salt of the earth too. So He's called us to be light, calls to be salt. So that when we come into contact with men like Saul, that light of Christ. Now, He's still the light. But it's kind of like the sun and the moon, right? The greater and lesser light. Christ is the sun. He shines. Our light comes from Him. We have no light of our own. If we don't get light from Him, we're not going to have any light. But we as the moon, we reflect that light. We show forth that light unto others. Like John, there was a man came from God. His name was John. He bore witness of that light. So, we're called to be light. And the Lord says in verse number 16, I have appeared unto thee to make thee a minister. I want to bring out two things in this verse here. Our reaction ought to be similar to that of Paul's. as that light shone round about him? At, at least in two ways. We probably could, could come up with more ways. But at least in these two ways, Paul falls to the ground. Who art thou, Lord? So here he is in the dust. And the Lord saying unto him, I have appeared unto you for this cause, to make you a minister. So, whether it be me standing here, or it be you as a witness in the workplace, or in the household, or in the community, where you have been placed, where God's put you, my, my attitude ought to be like Paul's, I'm sure. We, we know this was his. He says, I was the least of the saints. I'm the least of the saints because I persecuted the church. But Paul has this this attitude, use me. Lord, you want to use me to do this? One who rebelled and rejected you, haven't we not all done that? Just as, as Paul is guilty of? So we, we need to have a he has a healthy view of himself. I, I'm not the light, he's the light. The Lord would use me. What a wonder, what a marvel, what a grace, what a gift. What a what a glorious liberty and privilege we have to be able to be a light in the world that God's called us to be light. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 7. Ephesians the third chapter and the seventh verse. Page 864. If you're using the Pew Bible. Ephesians 3 verse 7. Paul says whereof I was made a minister. This is that we're looking at here in Acts 26. According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. you are a light in the world, God has transformed you. God has translated you, the Bible says, from darkness into light. By the power of God. Verse number 8 says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given. So, what a grace to unworthy me that should be given. That I can be a light, even if it is just in this part, Jim. You told me this morning about that fellow coming to pick up the car. He wanted to come get that car today. What would you say unto him? Well, after I get back from church. That man may not go to church. And here he's being told by someone else, yeah, I'll meet you today, but it'll be after I get back from church. You know, that's light. That, that is light even in its, in, in, in its basic form. In this sense that I find Christ of more importance whenever we meet together as his people them doing these other things that the world seeks after and that the world does. So unto me is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and what may that lead unto. We tell a person something like that. Who knows but the Lord might might smite that person's heart. They may come into contact with you later in the day and they may ask you why is it that you go what is it that you find of interest there why is it that you find it compelling to go and sit and listen to the word of God proclaimed what is it that, that attracts you to that I wouldn't be able to say anything else other than somebody that asked me that question but God did it I, I used to be a person who didn't have any, any interest in those things but God came and God showed Himself unto me. Just like what, I was, what we were talking about today in church in Acts 26. Here's this fellow, Paul. who used to be Saul of Tarsus. And he was persecuting the church. God appeared unto him on the Damascus Road. And that's the only answer I can give to you is why I find that compelling. Why I find that of interest. Why I find that more attractive. Why I find it that I need to go and to hear from the Word of God hear the word of God proclaimed. it's because God the power of God has been brought to bear in my life and caused me to see that as more attractive than the things of this world verse number nine says and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery how mysterious that is in the people they look at you and they wonder why is your car parked outside this building this morning and there's so many other things that you could be doing. The fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus, to the intent that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. We're light. Make known the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend With all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. So here we have Paul talking about his desire for the church that he would be Light unto them. Our desire as a witness of Christ that we be light unto others. That they may come to know. That they may be able to comprehend. That they be rooted and grounded in love. That they may have Christ dwelling in their hearts and being strengthened in the inner man. That they may know the riches of the, of the glory of Christ that have been revealed unto us. I mean, what, what treasures, what treasures you contain, these earthen vessels the Scriptures speak of that we contain that have been given unto us, these clay pots that have been upon the Master's wheel that we were talking about Wednesday night, that God has taken His fingers and shaped and formed. We can tell people God intercepted us just like He intercepted Paul here or Saul of Tarsus. We didn't choose Him. He chose us. He came to me. I love Him because He first loved me. I don't know anything about him except that he revealed that unto me. That he intercepted me in my sin and came and made this unmistakable. People ought to be able to see it as unmistakable. Unmistakable transformation that's taken place. He's not the same person that he used to be. I mean, Of all examples and illustrations, we can see that in, in, in Saul, who became Paul. I mean, what a transformation's taken place. Saul the persecutor becoming Paul the apostle. God gets our undivided attention. He's grabbed a hold of us. And he's made an inward change in us. And It's caused an outward response. We're light in a dark world. Now, you think about that city set up on a hill. Have you ever seen pictures from space? There were, one, there were some that circulated not too long ago where it was showing the world... You know, there were different different um, you know, times as the sun began to fall and set. And you could see there was a dividing line between the light and the darkness. And you see over here in the dark this the the big cities of the earth, you see how even from space you see the light. And it's like that. I mean here's a city. I mean here's a vantage point from space, here's this the Hubble telescope or whatever it is taking a picture, you know, of the earth, and you see there upon a hill. You see there Upon the earth, this light that's shining—what a what a task, what a responsibility that the Lord's given you and me to be light. He's 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 gonna He set us in places, He's put us where we are, and He's called us to be light. And you're going to be put in situations and circumstances where people are going to say, "Well, you know, we're going to go do this after work. You want to go?" And I say, "Sorry, I." I I can't do that. Um, why can't you do that? You know, what's, what makes you different than me? You know, why, why, why can't you do what I can do? Well, The Lord took the desire away. You know, I used to do those kind of things, but the Lord took that desire away. I don't have any desire for that any longer. But what a task that is beyond our ability. So the one thing we see with, with Paul, he's just down there in the dust, and me, Lord, you would use me? And then to look at the task that's before us, that he's called us to be a minister and a witness, both of the things that we've seen and the things that we shall be or shall have revealed unto us, the task before me is far greater than anything I've ever sought to accomplish. Well, what is this task? Oh, sure, it's to be a light, but, but what, for what purpose are we to be a light? Look there in uh, verse number 18. To open people's eyes, that they be turned from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, they may receive forgiveness of sins, an inheritance among the saints which are sanctified by faith that is in Christ. That's for the purpose for which I'm called to be alive. That that may take place, that that, that, that may come to pass. That's, that's incredible. That's, that is an awesome responsibility, an incredible task, that's, and that's a healthy view. We ought to have that view. The Lord's called us, in verse number 16, to rise and stand upon our feet and do what? Shine. He's called called us to rise and shine. Stand in the midst of a wicked and perverse and a corrupt generation. Stand in the darkness and shine. Don't move. Stand there and shine. Don't turn to the right or the left, but stand there and shine. Don't seek after the things of the world, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and shine. Stand there and shine. I remarked to uh, John this past week, I don't know if he's listening this morning by phone, how that I heard or read somewhere. It's it's stuck in my mind. I can't remember where I got it from, but I think it may have been A.W. Tozer. I'm not positive though. But um, I believe it to be true he said that the world is yet to see outside of Christ the world is yet to see and I've mentioned this to you before what one man completely given over to do the will of God completely given over to stand and shine to rise and shine the world's yet to see what one such man completely given over to do the will of God and serve him night and day what God would do with such a man. You know, are we, is that our heart, to be that person, to rise and shine? The Lord tells Paul that he's appeared unto him for this purpose, to make him a minister. And you know, it's interesting, I looked at that word, I was showing Jim this morning, um, he was telling me um, that he'd been reading in the Gospel of John, a couple of words he'd come across that, that he wanted to to, uh, to get a, a better understanding of what that word meant, and I run across those words all the all the time. Um, I'll get to one later, I'll share it with you, I think I wrote it down. I've never even heard it before. But um, anyhow, Mike remarked that, I think last week, uh, uh, when he was here, he heard me read uh, a word, and he was like, I've never even heard that word before. You know, But uh, anyway, this, this word minister here, when you, when you look at it in the Greek, it actually, it actually carries this meaning. It actually has the meaning of rowing. And I thought that interesting, that, that that would even be connected to the word minister rowing but it's the perfect place for us if you think about it i mean if this were a ship and we were all seated out there and we had the oars and they're sticking out the side of the beach of the ship and here we are we're just a rowing what's your job i mean you're you're an oarsman you're just rowing just keep rowing you don't have anything else to do just row just keep rowing keep rowing keep rowing think about that as a light here we are shining Here's this task before us of opening people's eyes who are blind, turning them to darkness uh, from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. What are you to do? Row. 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 You should be a light. Who's got a hold of the rudder? Who's steering the ship? It's not you and me. All we're supposed to do is row. Christ is At the wheel, he's not our co pilot. No, I used to have a little thing on my wall we used to, early on, I guess when we had less light than we have now. You know, I used to have a little thing on my wall that I got in Sunday school class that said, and it had this picture. You know, there was this guy, you know, he had the ship's wheel. And you know, God is my co No, God's not my co pilot. No, he is the pilot, He is the one that is directing my life, and I want my life to be directed by Him. I'm just gonna row. Lord, you send me where you want to send me. I'll just keep rowing. I'm gonna keep trying to be a light. I want to shine, but you, you, you cause me as I row to be directed here and be directed there, because I know that you're gonna send me to this person or you're gonna send me to that person, and that's the one that I'm to be a light unto. Whether it's be the office that I'm in right now, or you know, things have changed for J.D. recently as far as his job's concerned. He's at a different place now. The Lord sent him there. And he has the awesome responsibility there with the people that he comes into contact with there to be a light. And the Lord's going to steer. I mean, there's, I'm assuming probably for JD and Emily both, they're not the only people who do what they do in the place where they are. And the Lord's steering people to them that could have gone to somebody else. But the Lord's given them that patience. And there to be a light unto that person. And I may be changing offices here um, in a few months and go from Trinity office to the Groton office. I'll actually be closer to home. I even be able to come home for lunch. I don't know. But um, you know, I'll have to be a light if I go there. I have the awesome responsibility to be a light unto those people in that office. Now, I only know one person in that office, but there's the courthouse. Right next door. You know, the, the, the jail, the, the county sheriff's department right next to that. You know, in a totally different town the Lord may send me to. And I'll be called to be a light in that town. And so the Lord, as we row, I think what an, what an appropriate um, illustration or, or thought that's connected to that word. I mean, we're not steering. We're just rowing. That's all we're doing. We're rowing. In other words, the Lord's telling us, be a light. You row, I'll steer. I'm going to send you where I want you. I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to have an impact. Good or bad, you're going to have an impact. People are going to see the light and say, I desire to have that light. Or people are going to see the light and say, I despise that light. You know, one or the other. So it's not just that we're looking at this and, and just make application of it just to preachers behind the pulpit But we're all called to be witnesses, both of the things in which the Lord has appeared unto us and those things in which He will appear unto us. We are called to be light. Another place we're called ambassadors. There's lots of different terms in Scripture. We're ambassadors of Christ. Uh, We're light. We're salt. We're a lot of different things. Who knows to whom God might send you or to whom God has sent you? You know, I think about these people in the office. There's there's one person in the office where I work right now, you know, it, it just stands out more wicked than the rest of them. And you think, I'll never have any impact on that person, but we just don't know. We just don't know what kind of an entrance we may have already had in that person's life. You know, I don't have a lot of opportunity to be able to, and I'm sure you don't either. You know, wherever you work, I don't have a lot of opportunity to be able to speak about the things of God to people. And I was on the phone um, just the other day, and I was talking to the clerk in one of the other offices, actually here in the Groton office, who is a believer. She's a Christian. And um, she was asking me some things. And here I was in the midst, middle of the office, and, and I was able to, to speak of the things of God. And who knows who was listening? Who knows who might have heard? I don't know. But who knows who the Lord might have sent us unto. He's called us to be a minister. He's called us to row. He's called us to be light. And he's directing us unto those that he'd have us to be in the midst of, to be a light. He's put us on a hill there. He's put us on a hill over here. You know, Different hills, different places. He's called us to be a light. city set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. All of us, generally speaking, all of us are preachers of the gospel. Every one of us. why, why Why did God give? When we go and read, you know, why did God give? What did Paul say? Why did God give some to be pastors and teachers and so on? To equip the saints. Why did the saints need to be equipped? Because we're all called to be light. All of us. Every one of us are called to be light. Some may have a special calling vocationally to be a preacher, but all of us are called to be witnesses. Every one of us. He says in verse number 17, Delivering thee from the people, as a witness we're going to all fall to some degrees into those things that befell Paul among the Gentiles to whom he was sent. Persecution, that is. Persecution is going to happen. We may not be beaten or imprisoned or shipwrecked, but we can't be light without feeling the effects of darkness. Darkness is all around us. That darkness is trying to, to you know, put out the light. You know, they wanted to get rid of Paul. They wanted to kill him. So we're going to feel the effects, too, as we look at this being light, we're going to feel the effects of that um, people shunning us, people persecuting us, people um, you know wanting to um, rail against us, people wanting to bring false accusation against us, you know, try to try to douse the light and, and put out the light. But the light can't be hidden. It's, it's not my light. If it was my light. I mean, if it was my witness, if it was my testimony, if it was just in my own strength that I was doing this, J.D. described it this morning. And he was talking about what are you going to do when you feel that coldness? What, what are you going to do whenever you don't feel like praying? If that light is in you, you can't do anything else but continue. You know, It can't be put out. It can't be extinguished. It's a flame that God's ignited and God causes it to burn and God feeds you know, I mean, we're responsible. I mean, I need to feed it, too. I need to read God's Word. I need to ask Him to cause that flame to... to uh, or that, that little spark to turn into a flame. But God told him that He would deliver him. And He'll do the same for, for us, too. But you think about how short a time that Paul was in the places that he was. How short a time relatively speaking that we are in places that people have the light just for a little while I mean, what if you're the only light that, they, that they'll get well, how much more that needs to cause me to want to shine brighter you know for their sakes you know, I don't know a brief encounter a brief encounter could be for a few years even when you uh, consider eternity what a short time that we're among people what a short time that we're upon the earth. What a short time they may be among us. I and mean, the Lord may take them. Uh, they they may they may die. You know, but we're called to be light where we are unto those that the Lord has directed us unto. And we need to, to strike while the, the iron is hot. Before it cools and before it hardens. Who knows how long we'll be with them. I told one of my kids this week, after they did something they shouldn't have done, that they needed to go and ask their mom to uh, forgive them, and they needed to do it right away. And, and how how true that is! I mean, we we need to we need to as soon as the Lord tells us to do something, we need to do it because the longer we wait, the more apt we are to not do it. You know, I I told I told my. One of my kids this week I said, "You need to go right now and ask your mom to forgive you for that." I said "The longer you wait the harder it's going to be to go and do it you need to do it right now but you think about people that we come into contact with and that we 're light unto or light that we 're given you know they need to act upon that light while they have the light what about light that we 're given what about something just yesterday this is this is a, a natural um, Illustration, but just yesterday I walked into Radio Shack. I don't know if Teresa remembers or not, because I told her what this thing was that I that I needed to look for. I went in there talking to them about this phone thing and all, trying to get it all set up where we can just run it through this mic into the computer back there. And I had a phone up here that I've had to catch three or four times this morning already because it keeps sliding. Um, and the guy told me, well, guess what? This morning I'm trying to, I'm just trying to think, what was that thing that he said that I needed? And how often the Lord says stuff to us, says things to us, reveals things unto us. How much light have we let slip? How much, how, much has been, how much of our brains have been opened up and the Lord just poured in His grace and poured in light and poured into understanding and poured in knowledge and we've forgotten those things. We've, we've let them slip. And the Bible warns us against that, against letting those things slip. We need to be careful that we that we be keepers of these things and that we walk in them and remember them and not be forgetful of them or unmindful of them. But we're given to be light to open the eyes of people around us. What an incredible thing to be called to do. How can I open anyone's eyes? I can't. Row. Just keep rowing. Keep speaking as you have opportunity. Keep being a witness and keep being a testimony. God's the one that opens. How am I going to translate someone from from the the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light? How am I going to turn somebody from the power of Satan into the power of God? I can't. All I can do is row. All I can do is testify. All I can do is witness. All I can do is live before them and be a light. If they're going to be turned, it's going to be the power of God that's going to do it. I mean, how disappointed, how frustrated um, I would become if that were up to me, you know, and I were to have J.D. and Emily as a neighbor and and maybe have Brother Dean and Jim as another neighbor and here I've I've tried each and every day, I've tried to, to witness to them and to tell them about the things of God and I just can't seem to open their eyes. How discouraging that would be. But we know it's God that must open the eyes. It's God that must turn from darkness to light. It's God that must tra- transfer the power of Satan to the power of God. It's God that must forgive sins. I can't remit sins. I mean, how many people, this, this, this is what I think of more than anything when I think about that. How many people get into my presence and they, they know that I'm a Christian. They'll say something they shouldn't say and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. So, you know what I've started telling them? I think I told Jim the other day. I started telling them, I'm not a priest. I can't remit sins. You have one person that you need to, to ask to forgive you for that. You need to seek forgiveness from. And that is God. And there's only one way you're going to get it. And that's through Christ. You know, There is a door. They're open, I'm <laughs> just going to walk through it. I start trying to be light unto them. But the significant thing that we see there is that they might receive forgiveness of sins and be sanctified by faith in Christ. We're just called to shine. Here I am down in the dust before Him like Saul. Rise and shine. I've I've appeared unto you for this reason. Why? Because I want you to rise up and I want you to be a light unto those around you. That's what God has called each and every one of us to do. That's what we read of in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. If you want to turn over there, that's page 868. Philippians 2.15 says this, that you may be blameless and harmless. That's what we're called to be. I think I told somebody the other day, I want to be as bold as a lion and as harmless as a dove. I think it was John. John said, man, that's a pretty tall order, to be as bold as a lion and harmless as a dove. You don't think about those two things going together. And be bold as a lion, you know, a lion's not as harmless as a dove, you know. But we're... Paul prays in places for boldness. We need boldness to be light. But we're called to be harmless as a dove too. Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Verse 15 says that you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God. Sons of God are blameless and harmless. And we ought to be without people being able to point the finger at us and say, Well, you said you're a Christian and you did this or you did that. Harmless the sons of God. Without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We certainly live there today if no other day. A Wicked, crooked, perverse nation we live in. And we still have in God we trust on our currency but how few people do. Trust in God. They trust in the almighty dollar and boy hadn't that disappointed them lately. Among whom... What does it say there? This is what I wanted to get to in the end of verse number 15. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We're called to shine as lights in the world. That is your primary focus. That is your primary function. Brother Mark sent out the bottom line this week. Teresa forwarded it, I think, to a lot of people if you don't already get it. And... uh I read that and I thought that's really good about the election. You know, we're not voting our pocketbook. We're not voting this issue or that issue. Over and above all of it, it's this. As a Christian, with this function that I've been given to be a light in the world, this is my primary function. And with this function that I've been given to be a light in the world, which candidate? which candidate can get my vote so that I can continue to be the thing that God's called me to be. Yeah. So, I thought that good. That's not exactly what he said, but just trying to bring in some of this that we're talking about. As I said, we're not here long. Just a few years, we could be gone. We could, you know, we're we're a light in the world just for a little while, each and every one of us. And we're like, we're like a shooting star. Anna got a uh, in her kids meal yesterday, she got this little thing that was, you keep getting them as you go, you know, and it builds a space station, and inside the little cards, and NASA's written facts about different things. And I've read something that's interesting as I thought about this shooting star. You know, most shooting stars are only the big, as big as a grain of sand. Isn't that incredible for how big they are? In our sight, if we look at them, they streak across the sky, that most of them, some of them are bigger than that, but a lot of them are just the size of a grain of sand. That's incredible. I mean, those things look huge. You know, so far away. You would think something that small, you know, would just, would be insignificant and we'd never even notice it. But I say that to say this. Here we are, we think that's us. We think we're just a little grain of sand. We think we're not significant at all. But you think about how a grain of sand inside of an oyster, what does it create? Pearl. It brings a much greater price than that grain of sand did. You know, And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be... A light. we called to be a grain of sand, in and, and that sense. That maybe you're a grain of sand to, to irritate the world. I don't know. Not in a bad sense, but in a way that they would see their sins. They'd realize their their perverse condition. They'd realize their need of Christ. The Bible talks about John that way. That he was a burning and a shining light. You can you can read that in John five thirty five. But Paul says in verse number 19, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That word disobedient, here's this word I was telling you about earlier that I came across that I've never even heard before. This word disobedient. You know, Jim, as I was looking up in that Bible program I was telling you about that you can get free off the internet. This, this is one of the words that was in there. Contumacious. Anybody ever heard the word contumacious before? may not be pronouncing it right, so you may not recognize it. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, it means to be rebellious. Or literally to be swelling against, unyielding unto, and obstinate. Paul says, God's called me to be a light. I wasn't disobedient under that heavenly vision. God's revealed himself unto you for what purpose? To be a light. Paul says, I wasn't disobedient unto that. That heavenly vision, to that revelation of God. So here you are, a light in the world, a witness. You know that word witness. I didn't get into it earlier. I kind of skipped over that. We're out of time. But that that word witness. You go in and read it. It actually there's two things that you see there. But one's martyr. You know, that's what we've been called to be. We've been called to be a martyr. But we've also been called to testify the things that we have seen. That's the reason why the world would like to martyr you. Like to be rid- that's why the devil would like to get rid of you. It's because you've been called to be a witness of the things that you've seen, things that have been revealed unto you. That God has come and revealed himself unto you so that you can be a witness. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say with Paul, I was- I want to be able to stand in that day before God. And he, said, he says unto me, I called you. I revealed myself unto you to be a light. I want to be able to stand there and say, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. I wasn't disobedient unto the light that you gave me. But I walked in it. In all of its fullness. I'm not saying that I do that. I'm saying that's what I want to do. I want to be able to do. That people would be turned from blindness to sight, from darkness to light, from the power of Satan, the power of God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance they might get in on the inheritance that I've gotten in on they might gain an inheritance among the saints so in it all the Lord has called us to be a there are those against us but The Lord says, and Paul said in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? He says, having obtained the help of God, there in verse number 22, I've been what God's called me to be. God's called me to be something. He's not going to make a way where I can be it. He's not called me to be something that's impossible to be called me to be something that his desire is that I would be that he's promised that he would deliver that he's promised that he would help that he's promised that he would steer but he's called me to row Paul got to witness he said to both small and great his witness was Christ's suffering his crucifixion his death and his resurrection that was the purpose let's stand that that uh, God appeared unto Paul to make him a minister and to make him a witness. Paul testifies to Agrippa, I was not disobedient to that calling. I was not disobedient unto that light. So, once again, I said this to you last week as we ended with it. We got into it today a little more, but go out and be light. Go be light. Go shine in a dark place. A perverse and corrupt nation that we live in, go and be light. You're the light of the world. There is no other light given besides in the people of God that He's called. If He's appeared unto you and manifested Himself unto you and called you to be light, if you have found forgiveness in His sight, if you've been turned from darkness to light, you've been given sight from the power of Satan under the power of God, then He's called you for this purpose to be a witness. Awesome responsibility. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. A lot of times we're having a row against a pretty tough current. It seems like. And it looks like there's rocks ahead and we're gonna be dashed to pieces. Well maybe we will, maybe we won't. Maybe that'll be the end that we come to. You know, maybe our life will be cut, you know, short there as it were. But if the Lord have us to go on and to continue to be in light, and you know, my hope is that from thirteen years ago when she was born to today, you know, that I'm shining brighter than I was then. And, you know, I, I you know, those those shooting stars shine the brightest, you know, right before they go out. I want to continue to get brighter and brighter and brighter, further and further conformed to the image of Christ and be the light that I've been called to be in the midst of this world. So the Lord help us to, to be that, to do that.